Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We bless you for this hour. We bless you for this moment. We thank you because your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We give you praise because the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, Father, because your word that you speak to all their life and their spirits. As we listen to your word this morning, God, let this word penetrate into our souls. Let this word break every yoke. Let this word cut every chain. Let this word set every captive free. May everyone that is bound leave this place loose in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you are faithful. Receive the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we keep standing, we're going to read two verses. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You may be seated. This morning I would like to talk to you on the topic, laying down every satanic weight or freedom from satanic weights. Freedom from satanic weights or laying down any satanic weights. There is a story, you know, when we were growing up, they used to tell us stories about animals and tell us stories about things that we know that those things never existed. And one of those famous stories that I heard growing up was the story of India competing in soccer. Whoever had that story? That any country that India plays against, they win like 90 to 0 because they play their soccer with the pine, with rapper, we call it. They don't, wear, they don't wear boots, they don't wear nothing. And those stories, as far as I can recollect, I never heard about India only playing soccer. So I don't know whether it was back before God created the world or when that exactly happened. So there are many stories that we hear, but we cannot verify their authenticity. So sometimes stories are not meant to expose a truth. Stories are meant to expose an idea. All the parables that Jesus told in the Bible were not actual things that happened. It was an imagination to convey a message. When Jesus spoke about the parables of the Good Samaritan, the parable of the sower, the parable of the banquet, those were not things that actually happened. Parables are fictions to illustrate a point. So anytime we tell stories, it doesn't necessarily mean that those things happen. It may just be to convey an idea. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So there's a story about the turtle who was the fastest animal. Very smart and very fast. In every competition that the animals had, the turtle always come first. In every knowledgeable competition, the turtle always come first. So all the animals decided and conspired. They said the only way 
we can hinder this guy from taking first every time is to do something. So what they did was they took a share and put on the turtle's back. And because of the weight of the turtle's back, the turtle was no longer the fastest and he was hindered from ever taking the first position. I say this to say, anything that the devil has placed over your life to hinder your speed, to hinder your acceleration, it shall be removed this morning. I said it shall be removed this morning. Tell the neighbor you are leaving this place free. Tell your neighbor you are leaving this place free. You don't have a better neighbor. Go to a neighbor that looks like they are happy, a neighbor that looks like they have a future. And tell the neighbor you are leaving this place free. Go to a happy neighbor, a prosperous neighbor, a neighbor that looks successful. And tell the neighbor you are leaving this place free. Hallelujah. You are leaving this place free. Amen. There is a need for deliverance in the church. That is why every last Sunday of the month is a day of deliverance. I always ask a question. If somebody is possessed with the devil and they give their life to Christ and they come to church, what happens to the devil in them? The devil will be in church. Because except the devils are cast out from the person, they will be in the person. So we have, we have a lot of possessed people in church, possessed people in the choir, possessed people in the prayer team, maybe possessed associate pastors who have never gone through deliverance. They gave their life to Christ with spirit of perversion. This is why you hear a pastor molesting a child. Because a pastor went through Bible school, became ordained without ever going through deliverance. So they carried a clerical on their, on their neck, but still have a spiritual problem. I always illustrate this. The moment Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, he called Lazarus out of the grave. But the Bible says, Lazarus came out of the grave bound with grave clothes. And Jesus said, lose him and let him go. This is the picture of salvation. Once you receive Jesus Christ, you come alive from the grave. But some of us come out from the grave still bound. That is why we need deliverance. Some people before they came to Christ were molested at their childhood. Some people were abused. Some people were initiated. Some people were on drugs. You cannot just come to Christ and pretend everything is okay. You need to go through deliverance. Is someone hearing me? So, you could be in church dancing, singing, praising, but there's a demon hiding somewhere inside of you. But I thank God for Jesus because everyone under the sound of my voice who is oppressed by any spirit, you will be set free today in the name of Jesus. That your amen has partial paralysis. I say you will be set free today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Freedom from satanic weights. There are two scriptures we read this morning that I'm going to talk about a little bit before we pray. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 12, it says in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and in Bible interpretation, they say that anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, it means it's there for something. Anytime you see therefore, it means something was said before therefore came. You cannot just open an introduction with therefore. Therefore means as a result of what was said. So you have to go back to verse chapter 11 to know exactly why the, uh, the author is saying therefore. And in chapter 11, it talks about all the heroes of faith. 
It talks about Abraham. It talks about Enoch. It talks about Sarah. It talks about Isaac, about Jacob, Joseph, Moses, even Rahab the prostitute, Gideon, Samson, Samuel, David, and Barak. And it talks about all the exploits that these people did when they were alive. And after mentioning all their exploits, the author comes now to chapter 12 and says, Therefore, now that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what does it mean when it says witnesses? It means that these people are like spectators in a game, watching whatever is going on on the surface of the earth. So this is what the Bible is saying. Noah is looking from heaven and saying, I bailed the ark for 120 years and preached the gospel and only my family was saved. Man of God, why are you discouraged that your church is not growing? Noah is watching. Why are you discouraged that you are not succeeding? I preached for 120 years and only my family was saved. Such a great cloud of witnesses. Rahab the prostitute is looking from heaven. Saying, I was a prostitute. I spent all my life sleeping with men to make a living. But my life changed. God took me, not just changed my life, but he put me in the genealogy of Jesus. And Rehab is saying, what is it that God cannot do for you? Rehab is saying, if God could do this for me as a prostitute, why do you think that because of where you come from, God cannot change your life? Such a great cloud of witnesses. David is saying, I was anointed king at the age of 17. I was chased by Saul for 13 years. I became king at the age of 30. What is it you think that God cannot do for you in America? You think because you have gone from job to job, house to house, that is the end of your life. He said, I was in a cave hiding for my life. I ate bread that was not reserved for people to eat because I was running for my life. At the end of the day, I became king. David is saying, child of God, I am watching. Whatever God said will surely come to pass. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Such a great cloud of witnesses. Samson is saying, I was called by God. I was anointed. I made a mistake. I slept with a woman that was not supposed to be my wife. And then I lost my eyes. But before I died, I was able to accomplish what God called me to accomplish. The Bible says Samson killed more Philistines when he died than when he was alive. And so Samson is saying this morning, I don't care what the enemy has done to you. I don't care if your eyes are removed. What God has said he will do through you must be accomplished. Such a great cloud of witnesses. Gideon is saying, I was sitting under my father's tree and my nation was being troubled. My nation was being defeated in war. And the angel of the Lord appeared to me saying, Gideon, Thou mighty man of valor, rise up and fight for your people. I did not know I was able to fight, but when I heard the voice from the Lord, I stood up, I went into battle, and I got victory for my people. What is it you think you cannot accomplish? Gideon is saying, you may be here this morning without any high school diploma, no bachelor's degree. If God did it for me, I'm here to tell you, he can do it for you. Such a great cloud of witnesses. So they are watching. Abraham is saying, I left my father's house to a place I didn't know. I packed my family and entered a car with no GPS driving to somewhere we did not know. And Abraham is saying, if God took you from Africa and brought you to America, whatever God brought you here for must be accomplished. Abraham
Abraham is saying, I did not even know where I was going to, but you knew you were coming to Virginia. So your, your case is even better. Such a great cloud of witnesses. He says, let us lay aside every weight. What is a weight? A weight is any inconvenience or anything that is designed to hinder your work with God. A weight. A weight is any inconvenience or anything that is designed to hinder your work with God. The devil knows that he cannot stop you. The devil knows he cannot block you. So what the devil does is he does he, he, he's going to do what those people did to the tortoise. By putting a weight on you so you can't walk fast. So you can't pray the way you need to pray. You can't fast the way you need to fast. You can't give the way you need to give. You can't do the things that God has called you to do. So he puts a weight on you. A weight can be a sickness. Now you can't pray very well because you have gastritis. I remember any time we announced fasting in church. And after church service, there will be one sister or one brother waiting for me on the side. And they said, Pastor, I know you announced the fasting from six to six, but we just want to say that, you know, that my gastritis. The doctor said I cannot stay for too long without food. That is a weight. Yeah. The devil knows if I allow this person to fast this six to six, there will be a terror to my kingdom. So what it does, it places a weight upon you. Weight of sickness. Sickness can be a weight. Even friendship can be a weight. The devil knows if you are connected to the right people, you are bound to do the right thing. So what it does is it connects with people that have no future and no destiny. People that while you are trying to go to church, they are trying to go to nightclub. While you are trying to go towards God, they are trying to go towards the world. And because you are so entangled with these people, it becomes a weight. Relationships can be a weight. You are free serving God. But the moment you get into a relationship with somebody, your prayer life starts drying. Your spiritual life starts going there because the relationship you are in is a weight. One man was saying how he got engaged to his sister. Sister is very vibrant, praying, praying, praying. The moment they got married, he said, let us get up in the night to pray. And the sister said, God created the night to sleep. I don't want to hear prayer in this house. She became a weight, a weight. But I announced to somebody this morning, any weight that you are carrying that is hindering your relationship with God, that weight shall be deposited this morning in the name of Jesus. That weight shall be brought down this morning in Jesus' name. Oppression can be a weight. Oppression. There is a difference between oppression and possession. Oppression is that the devil is using something connected to your family or your life to oppress you. But possession is that the devil is actually living inside of you. That's the difference. But whatever be the case, they are all weights. When a man is oppressed by the enemy, you can you can you you you, you could you, you could make something, plan something to do, and when that time comes, you, you even forget. I've heard people that plan a wedding, bought their suit, everything, slept on the wedding day and forgot. I've heard a man that had an interview at 10 o'clock on Monday. I on the shed everything on, on, on Sunday, did all the practice, you know, did all the, the preparation for the interview. And then when it was like 8 o'clock, just let, let me just relax a little bit. Then when it's like 9 o'clock, I start driving out. From 9, they passed out on the chair, they got about 12 o'clock. It's a wait. The devil knows if I let this one go to that interview, their life will change. So they just give you a weight of a sleep. You sleep carelessly. Sleep on the job. Sleep everywhere. 
It's a weight. But this morning, that weight is leaving you. I said that weight is leaving you. Your job can be a weight. The devil knows you want to serve God. He knows he wants to, you want to do things for God. The devil knows you have a calling. The devil knows the hand of God is upon you. So what he does, he gives you a job that will not allow your schedule to allow you to be in church. The day you are supposed to be in church and something is about to happen to your life, that is the day your supervisor will call you and say, we need you. That job becomes a weight. The devil knows I can't hinder your destiny, but it gives you a weight of a job. Responsibilities can be a weight. Some people are never free because they have too much responsibility. You take care of your brother, you take care of your sister, you take care of your father, you take care of your mother, you take care of your friend, your neighbors. Everybody around you is your responsibility. It becomes a weight. A weight. There are some people that are just fatigued, always tired. When you want to pray, that is when you see yourself sleeping. You can watch all the series and all the shows on TV. But the moment you say, let me pray. It's like there's a breeze of sleep that blows. The moment you take the Bible to read, that is when the anointing of sleep comes. You see yourself in the morning with your saliva wetted the whole Bible. It's a weight. The enemy, knows, the enemy knows I cannot stop him. But he knows if I can put a weight upon him, I will hinder him. Hallelujah. Listen. In the Olympic Games, I was always wondering, why is it that people are always dressed like almost half naked? And sometimes I don't like to watch those games because the women are just like naked. Then somebody said that you have to be light as possible. Because if you wear anything heavy, it can hinder your speed, especially like in your 100 meters. So you want to make sure that you wear things that are very light. You don't want to carry any weight upon you. So meaning that if you are going to run the 100 meters and you wear a shoe like I'm wearing, there are high chances that the person beside you may win because that shoe is a weight. There are people that cannot run the way they are supposed to run in their Christian life because the enemy has placed weight upon them. That is why in every race you compete, you never win. But God is saying this morning, you are free from that weight. I said you are free from that weight. I can't hear a, a, a believing in I say you are free from that weight. In the name of Jesus, Amen. you are free from that weight. There are some people that are addicted. I met a woman who come and say, Pastor, I know I have a calling. I know God's hand is upon my life, but I can't stop smoking. The enemy knows if I let this woman go, God has given her a women's ministry that will shake the world. But smoking is a weight, an addiction. A young man coming from Benin on Facebook and said, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I said, what can I pray? He said, Pastor, I can't stop masturbating and watching pornography. He said, no matter how hard I struggle, I see myself back every time. It's a weight. The enemy knows if I let this one go free, there will be a terror to my kingdom. So he places a weight upon them. Family crisis can be a weight. Every time the enemy sees that you are about to go forward, He's tried something to happen in your family. If it doesn't happen here, it's happening at home. If it's not happening at home, it's happening in your job. Something is always happening in your family. It's a weight. But God is taking that weight away today. I said God is taking that weight today. 
you are always from trouble to trouble, problem to problem, crisis to crisis, sorrow to sorrow, death to death, barrier to barrier, funeral to funeral, because the enemy knows as long as this weight is upon your life, you can never be who God has called you to be. Unforgiveness is a weight. Do you know what it means to carry a 200-pound person in your heart? Do you know what it means? Your friend that is 430 pounds, that offended you in your last two jobs, you're still carrying them in your heart today. That's why you have a weight in your heart. You are carrying a 200-pound person in your heart. It's a weight. If you don't forgive, that weight pulls you down. You can't go further. Bitterness is a weight. Like I said, wrong association is a weight. There are people that every time they have an opportunity to be in the presence of God, they have something to do somewhere that has nothing to do with God. That is why it's not every group you have to belong to. It's not, every, it's, not, it's not every association you have to join because there are places that are designed to take you away from God. Any place that does not honor God, I'm not part of it. Because I want to be where my relationship with God is enhanced. Hallelujah. Where God is honored. Where God is glorified. Anger is the weight. But he said, let us lay aside every sin, every weight, and the sin that is that so easily ensnares. The King James said, the besetting sin. Listen, all sin lead to hell. But not all sin have the same consequences on this earth. For example, if you commit abortion and somebody tells a lie, you all go to hell. But here on earth, they don't have the same consequence. The person who tells you, like I said, Lord, forgive me, and that's it. But you, after the abortion, you may discover your womb has been damaged. And you may, never have a, you may never have a child. If somebody tells a lie, for example, and you commit fornication, God all forgives you all. All those things can lead to hell. But the person with fornication, you can get HIV AIDS. So there are different degrees of sin. The Bible talks about transgression. It talks about iniquity. It talks about besetting sin. So, there are some sins that once you come in, it leaves a footprint wherever you go. Is somebody hearing me? I said there are some sins that once you come in, that sin follows you wherever you go. So the Bible says, let us lay aside every sin that will entangle us or become a trap to our destinies. Can we imagine a man of God that is anointed, called by God for a prophetic ministry, but once he fell into, into immorality and got two ladies pregnant. And now while he's on the pulpit preaching, preaching fire, he has baby mama issues. Because there are some sins that are besetting. They will always remember you, what you did and where you came from. And the apostle Paul says, let us lay aside those sins. Sins that will hold us back from becoming what God has called us to be. Hallelujah. Let us lay it back. Jesus said, flee from sexual immorality. He says, every sin a man does is outside of his body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. So there are categories of sin. And then lastly, he said, let us run the race that is set before us with endurance. The question I ask this morning is this. How can you run? 
when you have weight upon you? How can you run when you have weight? Weight over your life. How can you run? Like I said, when you go to any competition, the first thing you do is take out every weight. You remove your shoes, remove everything because you want to be light as possible so you can run. Lay aside every weight. But God is saying this morning, whatever has been stopping you from running shall be taken away from you this morning. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Before we pray, there are two things that are mentioned in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. That is a solution to taking up the weight. Number one, in Matthew 11, it says, come to me. Number one, come to me. Come to me in this text is not a physical action of coming. Come to me in this text is a state of the heart. You know, there are some people who can come to church, but not come to Jesus. They can come to the pastor, but not come to Jesus. They can come to the choir, but not come to Jesus. They can come to choir practice, but not come to Jesus. Jesus is saying, come to me. Listen, everyone in this life is carrying a weight. It's either you are carrying a weight for God or a weight of the devil. For example, as a pastor, I carry the weight of this church. Is that true? But which one is it more preferable to carry? The weight of this church or the weight of my grandfather's shrine? Every man in this life is carrying a weight. It's either you are carrying a weight for God or you are carrying a weight for the devil. But Jesus said, when you come to me, I will take off the weights that you carry from you if you come to me. So if you are not giving your life to Jesus, it is impossible to take down that weight. It's impossible. Hallelujah. It is impossible to take down that weight. There is a difference between a permanent resident and a citizen. Some people are in church, they are permanent residents in church, and they are citizens in church. You know, like I said, when you come to the United States, they give you a green card. That green card allows you to walk, it allows you to drive, to do things around. You are, you are free to stay in this land. But you cannot get a government job. If war breaks out here, the United States government takes care of their citizen first, before, any, if, before anybody. If you travel out of America and anything happens to you, the, it is a responsibility of the government to go get you and bring you back here. Because you are a citizen. If you are in church, and you have not fully surrendered your life to Jesus, even though you may be in a choir, you may be singing, you may be praying, you are like a permanent resident. You have certain advantages because you have access to the church, you can pray, you can join the choir, but you have not completely surrendered to Jesus. You are not a citizen. And guess what? Only citizens will make it to heaven, not permanent residents. So that's why on the last day, many are going to come to him and be so surprised why they were not able to make it into heaven. And he said, I don't know you. You are all immigrants. I'm only taking citizens in this kingdom. So make sure from today you've surrendered all your life to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come to me. If you go to the hospital, for example, and you're sick, and the doctor say, lay on this stretcher. You say, no, I can't lay there. It's too dirty. They say, take off your shoes. You say, I can't take off my shoes. They say, take off your shirt. I can't take off my shirt. Will you tell somebody I went to the hospital? No, you didn't go to the hospital. So when Jesus said, come to me, 
He's not talking about your physical coming. He's talking about the state of your heart. You're willing to surrender everything to him. Number two, he says, take his yoke upon you. There was a guy who had a parasite growing in his stomach, very big parasite that was hanging over his stomach. He was not able to walk because of the weight. So finally, somebody sponsored him to get a surgery. And then they cut off the parasite. And then the doctor gave him something that was like a plastic belt and said, for you not to have this thing grow anymore, you have to always tie this belt around your waist. And the guy said to the, to the deaf doctor, this is such an inconvenience to tie this belt all my life. And the doctor said, choose whether to continue carrying what you were carrying before or you tie this belt all your life. So Jesus is saying, once he sets you free, it's not okay to just say, oh, now I'm free. You also have to carry his own weight. What does that mean? You come to church, you want freedom, but you don't want to do anything with the church. You don't want to be part of anything going on in the church. You just want freedom, you just want blessing, you just want prosperity. It doesn't work like that. Once God takes off the weight that you brought, he's going to give you another weight to carry. But this time he says, this weight is lighter than the one you brought. He says, my burden is easy. For example, coming to church every Sunday may be a weight. Attending Bible stories may be a weight. But it is better than being addicted to pornography. Is somebody hearing me? Praying every Friday may be a weight. But it is better than being addicted to alcohol. Is somebody hearing me? So you cannot just come and get expect to go free. Once he set you free, for you to be truly free, you have to carry his own weight. And once you are able to carry that weight, that is when your freedom is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. So Jesus is saying, there is nobody following me who is walking free. You must be carrying something. What is a cross? The cross are those daily inconveniences that we go through for the sake of Jesus. There's some places I cannot go because of Jesus. There's some things I can't do because of Jesus. There's some things that I suffer for the sake of Jesus. But it's better than being a humanizer. It is better than being an addict. It is better than being oppressed by the devil. Is somebody hearing me? I prefer to carry the weight that God is giving me than carry the weight of my father's village. Is anybody hearing me? Choose the weight you are going to carry this morning. Whether to carry the weight of poverty, the weight of alcohol, the weight of addiction, the weight of suffering, or carry the weight of evangelism, or the weight of prayer, or the weight of fasting. You're so annoyed that this church, this church, this church stays. Like some people say, this church stays too much. They spend three hours in church. But you spend six hours watching pornography. Which weight do you want to carry? This communion service was too long. But when you're in a nightclub, you're taking one man, two man, three man. You don't complain. Which weight do you want to carry? Choose your weight. But this morning, I choose to carry the weight of Jesus. I said, I choose to carry the weight of Jesus. Is anybody hearing me? Lastly said, when you you come to me and you take my yoke upon you, I'll give you rest. What is rest? Do you know to to be a sinner is, is labor? Do you know when you are lying? Do you, you know how, 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 how intelligent you have to be to lie? You have to imagine. You have to be creative to lie. There is a labor in sin. 
Do you know what it means to be going out with somebody you don't want your friends to know how you have to hide the games you have to do, how you have to always protect your phone so nobody sees what is on your phone? There is labor. But Jesus said, when you come to me, I give you rest. You are free from those things. Hallelujah. You are free from those accusations. You are free from those pains. I will give you rest. Maybe you are here this morning and you need rest. Today is your day. I said, today is your day. Maybe you are here this morning, you've not, you've not really come to Jesus. Today can be your day. Now, before I pray for you, I want us to all stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet. I want you to bow down your head. I don't know what you heard this morning, but you can talk to the Lord. Maybe you have never ever come to Jesus with all your heart. You can say, Lord Jesus, truly I come to you today. I've been coming to church, but I've never come to you. But today I'm coming to you. Somebody close your eyes, bow your heads and talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. I can't hear somebody praying. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. You can come to him today. 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 I surrender I surrender all